Hello and welcome to Community Topics, number 24 of Dualist Community. I am having some good-ass fun having this conversation, going through it, having the groups, discussing all of these things with everyone, because at the end of the day, doing it for me, prioritizing myself, my own experience, and through that, it's having way more of an impact than any of the time I spent trying to do it for anyone else. And isn't it funny how it works like that? Even when we don't want to admit that's what we're doing, it's still what we're doing. Even when we don't want to admit that we're doing something for ourselves, we ultimately are. And we just don't want to look at it that way because we don't necessarily like what we're doing. We have an opinion about it. Maybe we're invested in it. But in order for us to be accountable for it, we'd have to look at it straight in the face. So it's always about us. And it's not until we become honest about that that things really start to change. But that means we have to be willing to change, which means letting go of who we think we are or need to think we are. So on that note, community topics number 24, which I'm very excited about because it's about two subjects people-pleasing, and spiral dynamics. And I will admit, I didn't know much about spiral dynamics, and I still don't, to some degree. I have spent some time this week looking it over because I thought it would be up there in terms of what, the top two for this week's community topics. And it was, and I'm very grateful for that. So I'm excited to talk about that. But people-pleasing. People-pleasing is one that's especially close to my heart because I spent so long doing it like I spent so much of my life trying to see myself through how other people saw me and so it meant so much to me to change how other people saw me and then I got into the habit of doing that for so long that it actually became just the way I thought I was and I started defining myself that way and that became a box of its own a safe box or at least one that I thought was safe. But ultimately it just became a prison like any other box, like any other identity. It became difficult to speak up because I was a people pleaser, right? And so it wasn't until I recognized, oh, I'm not trying to please other people. I'm trying to please myself through other people. I'm catering to what I think other people want from me or expect of me for my own best interest. And worse, now I'm blaming them. Like, oh, I have to live up to their expectation. No, I'm doing it because I'm afraid of the alternative. I spent years doing that. So I'm excited that this is one of the top topics and I'm looking forward to talking about it. Absolutely. There's a lot to get into with both of these topics. I think a lot of depth and, you know, just to give my backstory, I certainly was. I never necessarily thought of myself as a people pleaser, but I definitely wasn't even I was almost like a desire to not be a people displeaser sort of thing. Like I, I just didn't want anyone to not like me. It wasn't that I was trying to cater to them necessarily. I was just like tiptoeing around not wanting to be perceived in a certain way, which at the end of the day, you know, you could perceive it in the same exact way as as people pleasing, which basically it did come down to, but it was absolutely similar to Ray, a, a prison that I 
contain myself in. There were always things that I wanted to say, things that I wanted to share, but the fear of how it would be perceived always overwhelmed that desire to speak my mind, to be myself. But at the same time, it did come back to being able to see myself in a certain way and and come back to the recognition that that's just avoiding the responsibility of my own experience and and being able to foist it onto something else. I was still very much being selfish. I was just doing it in a way that was causing a lot more suffering for myself as opposed to facing it and realizing that I'm trying to be seen in a certain way because that makes me more comfortable in a very convoluted way, like the comfortable prisons that we create for ourselves. But when you recognize that you're always doing it for your experience, you're always being selfish in a way, and people use the phrase, I'm a people pleaser, to foist off the responsibility of doing it for themselves. And you know that may be <laughs> a tough one to chew on, a tough one to recognize if you've been seeing yourself in a certain way, because if you've labeled yourself as a people pleaser, it is a way in which to avoid the responsibility. And you've settled upon something that you see yourself as. You've settled upon an identity. And we have this strange thing that we do where if it's a, a negative identity, we think it's more okay, even if we recognize that the idea of us isn't the reality of us. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not you know, this thing, but I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser at the end of the day. And we almost write it off because we don't see it as you know the the building up of the idea of yourself, but the tearing down of the idea of yourself, like almost building it up in a negative light is still building it. Any idea of you that you have is built upon the reality that you can't know what you are. And so when you label yourself as a people pleaser, you're just settling upon a certainty that doesn't actually exist because to a degree, it makes you more comfortable than relaxing into the reality that you don't know what you are and taking responsibility for the reality that you're experiencing. It's a way to write off that responsibility. Oh, I'm, I'm this. And therefore, you know, this is my experience and, and that's it. You know, clap, clap your hands, swipe your hands, wash your hands clean of any responsibility that may come with recognizing that you are your reality. You are reality. And any label you place on top of that is just a way for you to settle into a false sense of certainty that, so that you can avoid the reality of what's actually happening. And it is the worst form of certainty because it's basically quicksand. Like you can never be happy with what you are because you're never actually anything except what other people want you to be. And that's very difficult. Like for me, I have difficulty feeling comfortable around a people pleaser or somebody who tends to fall into that strategy because you never know who they are. They're going to tell you what they think you want to hear, not actually what they think. And so it's very difficult to tell who you're talking to. And it's important to recognize that because if you're always just reflecting what you think other people want from you or what's going to make them like you, then when other people aren't around, you're going to be left with this sense that you don't know who you are. And it's because you don't. And it's because you're always living relative to what everybody else is thinking. You're never actually establishing anything for yourself. 
and it's because it's easier to some degree, or at least it seems easier to some degree. And you can even justify it as, well, you know, I just don't want to hurt their feelings. No, lying to them for a long period of time is much better. That's very compassionate. And that's ultimately what we're doing. And we can say it's for their feelings, but it's not at the end of the day, because if it was, we'd be honest. It's about our feelings and the fact that we don't want to necessarily have the argument or the discussion or the conflict or the frustration that would come from trying or, or making the effort to express ourselves. Honestly, we know what the outcome would be, or at least we know that we would have to change. And so we resist that by simply continuing on with the old pattern and just playing victim for doing so. And it's really important to recognize that. And I understand past trauma. I get it. Right? Like you can learn to be a people pleaser because it's the only way you get attention from the people who are supposed to love you. But that only goes on for so long. And I say that after hating that point, that there has to be a point where you just decide it's time to change your life. And it's not to sound insensitive, but if you're listening to this, now's that time. It's always now, regardless of when it is. It's always now you have the opportunity to change. But it just means you have to recognize that you can waste your life in a pleasant prison. Or you can be free and piss people off from time to time. But you living in a pleasant prison doesn't free anyone else. Don't convince yourself it does. If you want to stay in it, then you're welcome to stay in it. But you have to make that decision. And once you've made the decision, you have to take what comes. That's pretty much it. People are occasionally not going to like you. They're going to disagree with you. Maybe you have an opinion that everybody says, oh, that's stupid. That doesn't mean you're wrong. That doesn't mean that it's not okay to have that opinion. But it certainly will show you the people around you who are judgmental and egotistical and not accepting, which you couldn't have seen so long as you were trying to jump through their hoops. See, it's kind of a trap. In people pleasing, you never get to actually see the people that you're pleasing either because you never give them the chance to show you who they really are. You're too busy trying to satisfy all of their all of their issues, all of their requirements. So you're not doing anybody any good, including yourself. And if you get that, you'll have a chance to stop. And when you recognize that you're always embodying your reality, like what you're embodying is what you're actually expressing, no matter how you're able to sugarcoat it or think that you're expressing it if you're imprisoning yourself through an idea of what you think you are that's what you're embodying that's what you're sharing with the world you're expressing that it's okay to exist in a prison look at my prison i'm, I'm doing this i'm reinforcing it and everything that i do like if you actually want to change the world it can't be from from a prison cell you got to understand that you can let that go and only you can let that go you have the key to that prison cell you know what the key is and only you can put it in the hole and unlock it and, and let yourself go and then just be the embodiment of that freedom, which people in prison cells who are trying to reinforce their own prison cell are going to have visceral reactions to from time to time. But you understand where it's coming from 
And once you understand where it's coming from, it's not quite so scary. And so we, you know, we've talked about this mentality a number of times, although we don't have a episode entitled people pleasing. A lot of what all of this comes down to is letting go of that, you know, letting go of that need, letting go of that perception of division between you and the people that you're pleasing. There's no one to please. There's never been anyone to please. And the whole time you're, you're existing within this illusion that there is anyone to please, you're just trying to please yourself because you're not able to see that you're enough. You don't have to please anyone else and you don't have to sugarcoat your, your desire to please yourself, the lack you perceive within yourself that doesn't actually exist through the idea that there's other people to please. It's just avoidance at the end of the day. And you know what you have to do. You know exactly what you have to do. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. That doesn't mean it's going to be comfortable. That doesn't mean it's going to be a fucking walk in the park. But you know what to do. Is what you're going through right now a walk in the park? No. It's it's every moment suffering as you're going through trying to live your life for everyone else. Yeah, it may be uncomfortable to let that go, but you're going to be free. And as you become more comfortable with that discomfort that's initially experienced through being free and through recognizing that there's going to be some pushback to that you get more comfortable with being free and then it gets easier and then and then you see you know the benefits that maybe you didn't initially recognize through that but you have to be willing to take that first step you have to be willing to make that leap and know that you're going to land on your feet but it's going to be a process it's going to Take some, you know, swings of the pendulum back and forth, some relaxing into, well, fuck, what do I do now? I can't tell you that. Just take another step. You'll find out. And try to keep in mind that ultimately this is all in the trajectory of your growth, that it is an oscillating cycle and spiral dynamics to go on a tangent would say that it is in fact a cycle between sacrifice and self-expression that we alternate back and forth between sacrificing and then pushing beyond those sacrifices and being a little bit more self-involved right so you could say you're sacrificing for the sake of others and often people pleasers would justify that way in this case you would want to flip that on its head and look at the fact that you need to also express everything that you haven't been expressing because of that focus on others. You need to be a little selfish to some degree. And in doing so, you learn a little bit more about yourself. And then you would oscillate back towards sacrifice after indulging a little bit too far on the self-expression side. And so that's really the core of spiral dynamics is this alternating pendulum swing between self-expression and sacrifice on two different levels between the organism itself and the environment that it is a part of. And so the organism informs the environment and the environment informs the organism in the same way that the sacrificing informs the self-expression and the self-expression informs the sacrifice. So what I'm saying is that people-pleasing is part of the pendulum swing. 
The problem is it will last a long time unless you look at it that way, that it's a part of the journey. It's not what you are. It's just where you've been stuck. And that will help you swing the other way towards self-expression, which is going to be a little jarring at first because you spent so long not expressing yourself that when you do, not only will it shock you, but it will shock everybody around you to some degree. But some of them are going to be very happy that you're finally doing it. So again, don't get caught up in what you think is going to happen. That's just you continuing to people, please. So I just wanted to take a quick moment here to announce that we have our California mini retreat coming up on April 11th to April 15th. And it's going to be a blast. There's no agenda. There's no thing that you got to try to be or become. Just time to express yourself. Time to be yourself. Time to find out. What is it? myself can i really just do that can i really just let go can i really just show up without any preparation whatsoever to every situation that i get into with a bunch of people doing the same and a bunch of games to play as you do it we're going to play some pool we're going to go for a walk we're going to shoot the breeze we're going to hang out it's the dopest sleepover that you could possibly go to and you can join us and save $150 by using code BIGBEAR150 at dualisticunity.com. Just go to the California Mini Retreat details. You'll find it in the navigation bar. Enter the coupon code, and you can use this coupon code in addition to your already existing Patreon discount. Very much looking forward to seeing you there. But on to spiral dynamics, what I think is really interesting is the appreciation of that journey that we do go through this process of growth, of oscillation back and forth, where I find it it tends to lose me is in how it's extended to our evolution as a species, how the stages of spiral dynamics are really associated to our growth as a species over a certain period of time. I don't necessarily agree with how that's all laid out. I find it very Um, simplistic and very much based on the idea that this is the only time we've been a technologically advanced civilization. That's the one limitation I do definitely find with it is that it has this very linear projection that we went from caveman to here and there was nothing in between. And I don't necessarily agree that that's the case. But one thing I found really interesting was that it's just another attempt to explain how our awareness has evolved with our biological form over time, like how the evolution of our form, the evolution of our culture has informed our awareness and that's informed further evolution of our culture and and the things that we do and the ways that we think and so on and so forth. And I found that really interesting, but compared to a few other models, like um, well, you have David Hawkins, the whole power versus force thing. Like we look at that and he talks about that in historical context as well, but that's more developed, the human development, like that's just, more of the individual as much as it's also historical looking at at us as we progress through the levels of consciousness it's more about your individual journey but then you've got uh terence mckenna's time wave zero which was based on the I Ching. basically it's a chart of our history where we oscillate in and out of not not self-expression or or sacrifice but novelty that we go in and out of cycles of novelty and that's our culture as we're going as we're coming closer and closer and closer to what he called time wave zero, the zero point where basically we evolve and we go into a new phase of humanity. So Terrence McKenna was also trying to explain the cycles of our evolution as we've evolved 
from biological all the way forward. And this was Terrence McKenna, the same guy who was super into psychedelics. So it's, it's really interesting to, to do that. But to me, if you want to talk about the evolution of mankind as, as how our awareness evolved, go and sink into the Mayan calendar. The Mayan long count calendar, because that shit is fucking mind blowing. Not only do they talk about awareness of humanity as it progresses, they talk about awareness of the universe as it progresses. There are, I think, 13 levels. And each of those 13 levels is broken up into seven days and six night periods, and they all overlap one another. So that, so that means the bottom level, which is the beginning of the universe and all things material coming into being, which started 16.4 billion years, years ago, is still happening as the other levels come into fruition. And all of those other levels are adding to the overall awareness of mankind. And we go through these day and night periods, and each level is 20 times shorter than the level before it. So we are rapidly progressing. And what they're talking about is this evolution of our awareness, not just from mammalian to familial, which is something that they talk about in, in spiral dynamics as well, right? But from that to nationalistic, and then from nationalistic to having an appreciation of where we are in the solar system, and then having uh, a galactic mentality and then a universal mentality of actually seeing ourselves as part of the bigger picture and the mayans are talking about this process that happens over 16.4 billion years and you start looking at the day and night processes and you're like well that's creepy the darkest night was world war ii in the last cycle that's that's kind of nuts and you look before that and you're like oh before that it was the plague and you start seeing some very similar things and you're like that's a hell of a concept that they came up with thousands of years ago so to me that's the almighty of theories as to how our awareness has evolved over time. Cause they talk about it evolving through cellular generation and up like all of the life forms, not just mankind. Right. So spiral dynamics in comparison is very simplistic and focuses purely on mankind and purely from the narrative of again, caveman to modern man in a linear trajectory with no, ancient lost civilizations even being a possibility in there this is just the cycle we went through so i thought that was interesting that's awesome yeah there's there's so many iterations of this type of thing in our history and it's so funny because they're for the most part revolving around the same type of insight and yet we're seeing them but we're not like we're not recognizing how like low on those processes we are as a collective, be it, you know, scale of consciousness or uh, e stages of ego development, Jane Lovinger's thing, or the spiral dynamics. Like we're, we're kind of in this spot and specifically because this, you know, this episode is about spiral dynamics. There's um, the one like power politics is one scale that I saw a label for the red part, which is like the third part up. It's like survival instincts, tribe and family, and then power politics. And like so many people are settled on that thing. And that's like their whole thing. And it's like, there's what, six or seven things above it. And yet they have so much kind of like bravado with it. Cause I especially see it with a lot of men out there, you know, the Trumps, the Andrew Tates, that type of thing that are pushing these ideals. And they think that that's it. Like they think that that's the extent, all of these scales, not to say that we 
take them like as truth for what they are, but like they're all showing that that's no, that's super like super low sort of levels. And, and you to think that that's the peak is kind of fucking insane. But with the spiral dynamics, I very much see it as you know, a pendulum swinging back and forth. And it's basically what we go through in our life. And, and some of the stuff I was, I was reading up on it is that, it talks about kind of similar to stages of ego development that you can't jump stages. Like you have to go through them at some point. And then, but then a lot of times people just settle upon one because, you know, they get comfortable in that spot or the system's working for them in that, in that spot, or they think that it is. And they think that that's the extent. And they're just kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm chilling here or whatever. This is, this is the right way to, uh, to be. And it's just, and there's inevitably going to be a resistance to that because if you think of it like a pendulum swinging, like the pendulum is just constantly swinging and we're actually so like our mind and the reality of what we are is so powerful that we're able to like stop the pendulum in a certain spot or at least slow it down so much that we can resist it. And then it's like, you know, let go or be dragged and we're just allowing it like you were saying last week, like our face is just getting dragged along the ground as we go. And it's like reality is happening, whether you're aligned with it or not, it's going to keep happening. And that's going to dictate how much psychological suffering you go through in your life is how resistant you are. And so when you see spiral dynamics, I see it like a pendulum kind of going back and forth. It's just like big swings to smaller swings, to smaller swings, to smaller things until you recognize that, yeah, it's maybe still swinging a little bit. That's the reality of this dualistic experience, but not quite so much. You're not being quite so so shaken like you were when you were so caught up in you know, building an idea of what you are, or trying to figure out what you are, the idea of you, because that's very much the the early processes. And I, I saw the early processes as similar to the stages of ego development like getting caught on stage three or four, wherever we are right now is uh, from an individualistic point of view. And then being able to let go of that is moving beyond that, like allowing the pendulum to continue to swing. But as we get stagnant in our beliefs, because that makes us comfortable, like, oh, this is what I am. This is what I believe. This is the right way and the wrong way to exist. Like if you're not willing to question yourself, reality things you believe to be the truth there's going to be resistance you can't stop questioning and not experience resistance and suffering in your life so people think that the continued state of questioning oh that must be so exhausting it's like no everything that's aligning with the way things are going how exhausting is it to float down a river and not resist it at all knowing that you're going in the exact you know quote unquote correct direction the right way that you're going not that's the process that's you keep questioning you keep flowing as you stop questioning how hard is it to resist a river relative to flow with it it's really fucking hard how hard is it to grab onto the side of a river when there's a strong current going the other way versus let go that's the difference questioning is flowing with the river as you settle upon something as you settle upon you know in spiral spiral dynamics this spot this this part this color whatever it is is the right way to be. The river is going to keep flowing and you're going to resist a lot of that and you're going to suffer until you continue to let go. Now, how long you exist in each 
stage or whatever it is, you know what? And again, this is just, it's just a example. It's just imagery. It's not the reality of what actually happens, but, and everyone's going to exist in each part differently, depending on how resistant they are to the flow of reality. But as you let go, you know, that flow picks up as you get comfortable with certain things and settle upon things that flow keeps going, but you just experience more resistance and, and psychological suffering in your life. One thing I find interesting about not just spiral dynamics, but uh, the the Mayan long count is this idea that we are still going through the previous stages at the same time as we are accelerating through the upper stages. And so they're all happening at the same time. And you can kind of see that when you're walking around the world, like you'll have your, your Trump types, right? You'll, you'll have people who are stuck in the lower stages of ego development, as it were. And then you'll have people who are not, who are gone a little bit farther beyond that. But you'll notice that there are still predominantly more people at the lower stages than there are people who have continued beyond that to, to a point where they're not thinking about themselves as much, right? And that is the part I think that that is jarring for us is the recognition that it's not just about you, it's about all of us together. Like it, there's a lot of gray spectrum that we slowly have to move from one side to the other. You can't just leave all the other ones behind. I think that's why we get so many uh, Christians, especially like praying for the rapture. They're just like, you know, let it be for me and me alone and the people who agree with me and everybody else is just going to get left here. It's like, no, we're all in this together. You can't, you can't get out of that. And I think that's kind of the point is that we're not supposed to get out of that. We're supposed to be working together that, that, the people who are down in those those lower levels of egotism are still struggling through frankly a lot of habitual cultural problems a lot of the mentality that we've just held on to for so long they're just stuck there and there are so few of us that are continuing past it that they don't have a lot in the way of examples which is something that we've mentioned earlier in terms of people pleasing the nice thing about when you stop people pleasing is that other people who tend to people please will look at you as an inspiration when they decide that they're done with that. So I think that's kind of the point here is that when we're going through these stages, especially in spiral dynamics, they say that we go through, again, this oscillation, which is really in and out of the perspective or the focus on our individuality. So like one stage is primarily focused on individuality. I want to be me. I want to do what I want to do. My life, my satisfaction. And then we'll go, oh crap, that's not actually doing much for me. A lot of conflict here and we go the other way and we go sacrifice. I'm going to give to other people. I'm going to focus on others. I'm going to try and fit in with them. I'm going to do all that. And then we realize, oh crap, that's not working either. And we go the other way. And so in spiral dynamics, we're just going in and out of ego. That's all we're doing, except from their perspective, we're on ego on both sides. And I think that's the problem, right? Is that you're either sacrificing, which isn't quite accurate when you're getting rid of your ego there's no sacrifice because you don't have any need right it's a very different mentality or on the other side you're being selfish which again when you obliterate your ego you don't have any real need to be selfish it's not about what you want it's not about accomplishing anything it's just about being what you are which is whole and complete right so i find like a lot of other models it kind of disregards that ego journey and i think that's because honestly in most of our mentality and most of our psychology and our learning it never dawns on us we can stop thinking about ourselves that that thing is not reality so i don't think that that's necessarily a part or a big part of this model as a whole though they do definitely 
indicate like as we get further and further up the spiral, as it were, um, we are getting to more of an integrative mentality where we can kind of align with ourselves and reality. But again, even there, it's it's kind of a concept as opposed to the reality, which is just being yourself without necessarily having to be anything for yourself or for anyone else. Yeah, like what you said there with, with this whole process of kind of going through it and recognizing that there's nothing to get out of necessarily you said that with with the processes and and with the you know whatever steps that it is that it's not that you go beyond the step it's like you progress past it but it's still there it's like it's still all you and i almost saw it like recognizing there's nothing to get out of there's just things to let go of it's almost like you're in the ocean like and and so in this imagery you're in the ocean you're at the bottom you're getting weighed down. You have this idea a lot of times that the, the goal is to get out of the ocean. It's not necessarily to get out. It's just to let go of the weights that are holding you down and experience the ocean differently. So if you're at the bottom of the ocean, so caught up in your idea of yourself, which is kind of like the base layer of the spiral dynamics, as you spiral up, it, it's letting go more and more of that idea of yourself and all of the weight that comes with it. So recognizing there's nothing to get out of, you're not getting out of the ocean necessarily. It's just you're you're letting go of the weight that's holding you down so that you can float to the top and have a completely different experience, you know? See see the sun and the beach and and get a breath of air so that you can dive in a little bit, maybe tell some other people, "Hey, there's air at the top. You don't have to settle on this." You know, you're halfway down the ocean. This experience isn't the end all be all. And you can go, you know, back up and and experience all of that. But it's not about getting out of anything. It's just about letting go of the things that are holding you back from experiencing things differently and the fear that comes with experiencing things differently. Because as you experience different things, they're new and new things are uncertain and uncertainty scares us. And so progressing through any sort of spiral or steps or scales or anything there's gonna be some fear until you get used to facing that uncertainty so so those those changes are inevitably gonna create emotions that bubble up but that's not a bad thing like th those emotions that arise that resistance that initial resistance to that change is a natural reaction because you're you're settling into a new space, an uncertain space. You can no longer, you know, point to all the pictures that you've set up on your prison cell. Be like, I know those are all there and that's all me and blah, blah, blah. It's like you're in a you're in a, a bigger prison cell until you recognize that, you know, you don't have to be in a prison cell anymore. But with that change, there's always going to be some some uncertainty, like floating to the top of the ocean. You don't know what's what's the next part until you can finally see some light and you're like oh my god what is wait what is that let me let me find out quick oh shit i can breathe finally and so that's what this process a lot of it does come down to i think is not getting out of anything not not killing anything in yourself it's just kind of building upon it or letting go of certain things while recognizing that it still informs everything that you do moving forward and through that not not killing it, not getting out of it, but 
but deepening your understanding, letting go more and more of the things that you settle upon will allow you as you go to experience empathy, which can actually make lasting change in reality. Like you don't put people down for going through something. You're like, I totally understand why you're doing that. I've been there. I've had this experience. I've had that experience. Here's something that you know may help, help me. So maybe it'll help you. And you, and you go through all the stages with more, more involvement, more understanding and, and more empathy for everyone that's, that's also continuing to go through it. So it's not about killing that part of you. Cause then you know, what good are you to the rest of yourself? If you're not able to, you know, reach back into certain experiences and create that bridge for those who may not be, may still be caught up on certain things. Well said. And this kind of goes back to people pleasing because you're going to go through a phase in people pleasing where you have to, you have to decide where you have to decide this is for me. And you're going to feel uncomfortable about that. And you're going to be exposed to the people who have gotten used to you being a people pleaser, which will mean that they have expectations of you by habit because you have taught them to. And so as you start to change, you'll start to feel those expectations in a different way because now you're trying to stand up for yourself. Now you're trying to beat yourself. And so you may become a little confrontational and you may start telling people off. And that's a part of the process because in that you're going to learn where your voice is, but you can also get carried away with that. Now you can start defining yourself as the kind of person who tells people what's what. The whole point of this process is ultimately to come back to the recognition that you can be kind to people. It doesn't make you a people pleaser. And that's the point. You can actually start avoiding being a people pleaser to the point where you never add any pleasure to anybody's life whatsoever, just so you can define yourself and watch out for that. You know, I, I have clients who think of themselves as people pleasers and I'll ask them, well, do you like doing nice things for people? Well, yeah. Okay, so what's the problem? Well, I just feel like I have to do it. And that's the problem, is that you feel like you have to do it rather than you can do it. That's the only problem. It's not necessarily what you're doing, but why? And you will have to go through a process of testing the waters one way or another in order to learn about that and why you are doing it on the inside, not just from a conceptual level. Because you can look at something like spiral dynamics, you can look at any philosophy or psychology and start memorizing the concept, but it really is through going through that process of oscillating back and forth between trying to fit in or trying to be yourself that you start to recognize who you are. You can't avoid the process because otherwise you have no way of learning. So wherever you are, whether you're on the people-pleasing side or the confrontational side, remember, both sides are in you. And you can learn from both of them, but only if you accept both of them. I like the uh, question, the question of why, why you're doing it. And when people get caught up in people-pleasing, you know, being nice to people, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's why. And I see that question as almost the way the, the thing that allows us to continue on the spiral or continue on the pendulum, specifically with this um, spiral dynamics, 
we keep oscillating between, you know, doing it for, for quote unquote us and doing it for quote unquote other people. And, and really what allows us to continue the process is, is the why, why am I doing it? Is it because I can, or because I have to, and like the have to kind of gets us there. And then the, because I can releases us onto it. And so there's always going to be that process of until you see yourself, see that you're never what you think you are and kind of keep going beyond all that. Um, you get caught on certain things thinking you keep looking like, Oh, is this it? Oh, is that it? Oh, that's it. So I have to do that. Like, but I don't have to, but I can, but I don't have to. Oh, there's something that, Oh, maybe it's that. Maybe it's that. Oh, I don't have to do that either, but I can, I can keep doing it. And then, and then it's like, we keep going back and forth. Like, Oh, maybe it's that, that, that. And then finally we kind of come to that center and recognize that it was never anything besides us, (laughs) besides you. That it's all comes back to you. But there's a process of getting there, especially in the society we exist within right now that's doing everything it's in its power to avoid that reality. There's going to be a process. And being able to go through that process with grace becomes an art and just eases that inevitable experience of either continuing on that spiral and being willing to let go or resisting the flow and and getting caught for a period in a certain spot. But that's it, right? Like understand that getting caught in a period doesn't actually feel like you're caught. feels quite comfortable. That's the thing. It's so familiar. You don't recognize that it's the kind of caught that you don't complain about. And that's very much the problem. So if you are, and these are my closing thoughts on people-pleasing, if you are in the habit of people-pleasing, if you're going to really determine that that's something you want to stop, you have to commit to that. Like You actually have to be willing to experience life on the other side of that spectrum for long enough to get a feel for it, to the point where you recognize you don't have to prove anything to anyone, but that you can do things for you. So you're going to have some confrontation. Some people are going to take some time to adjust. But if you don't commit to it, then you're immediately, oh, this is not worth it. And you're going to run back to people pleasing. And then you're going to complain about it for the rest of your life. It's always going to be hard when you decide to change. It's worth it. Just find out. Your idea of what it is isn't the reality of what it is. You got to find out. You got to take the step to find out. That step into the void of uncertainty, which inevitably you're going to find your wings, you're going to find your sea legs, going to get used to it. But as long as you keep being so concerned with the discomfort of taking that step, never going to take it until you've had enough. You're like, fuck it. Let's just take it. Might as well. I'm suffering enough here. I know what this suffering is like. Might as well find out what, what this other thing may be like. And through that, you allow for the process of your growth to continue on the growth that you've just been avoiding for an extended period of time while you've been foisting the responsibility of your reality onto the idea that you're a people pleaser. And that's it for this episode. I think, I think that's pretty much all we have to say on people pleasing. Again, I would like to remind anybody who isn't familiar with the first season 
of this show to go back and check it out because people pleasing really is a result. It's not the problem in itself. It's a result of your overcommitment to the idea of yourself and the need to validate that through others. That is a process in itself. You can't just tackle people pleasing on its own. You actually have to tackle the entire range of the problem, which is still your overcommitment to your idea of yourself as truth and the fact that you think it has a measure of your value in there. So that all said, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a blast. I really enjoyed exploring spiral dynamics and discussing it here with Andrew. Um, as always, if you would like to participate in the community topics episodes, you can suggest a topic on our community discord, or you can vote on the weekly topic on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash dualistic unity. We never know what the vote's going to be except for early that morning. So it's always kind of fun for us to try and prepare as best we can and then just wing it. So we definitely hope that you enjoyed this episode and we will see you next week. Bye everyone.